around the world, locally, with family and friends. And to those viewing for the first time, the House of Destiny International Ministries presents Dr. Larry Manley with today's message designed to create a spiritually vibrant connection between our listeners and God. We hope you will enjoy this presentation and above all, we pray you will be blessed. Before the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings has thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. And when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and have crowned him with glory and honor. Verse 6 says, Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Father, we thank you today. Bless your word. Bless the hearers of your word. Sanctify us, Lord God, through your spirit. Allow your Holy Spirit to come and teach us your word and let us know and understand how much you love us as man. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Psalms chapter number eight, and our title this morning, it is called man. It's called man. Our title for this morning is called man. A very simple word, man, but a very complex individual. When I say man, I'm talking about mankind because God says there's neither male nor female nor Jew nor Greek. Uh, that's, but we're all one in Christ Jesus. So when we're talking about man, we're not talking about gender. We're talking about mankind. Now, one thing about man, I, I found it very interesting when the psalmist David, which is the, uh, the soul that's the beloved of God, he begins to talk about man. He, he begins to ponder in his mind the love that God has for mankind or for man, especially for the fact that man is sinful, man is weak, man is miserable, man is a creature that forgets, that's forgetful of God and his duties. Man is uncaring, man is unthankful, man is destitute, and man is high-minded. But yet, David says in, in verse number three, in Psalms chapter eight, he says, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou have ordained, he says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? and the son of man, that thou would even visit him. So I looked at this thing. He says, when I considered, what was it about the creation that, that 
took David to a place of comparing it to man, man that's miserable, man that does not obey God, man that is rebellious, but yet God loves man. It's just so amazing. Now, when we go to Genesis chapter number one, we're going to flip to Genesis chapter number one, and we want to look at the creation. We want to look at the creation because to understand God, we've got to understand the creation. All right? In Genesis chapter number one, beginning at verse number one. Now, verse number one says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, verse number two reads this. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, something happens between verse number one and verse number two. Now, in verse number one, it talks about how God has created the heavens and earth. See, well, then all of a sudden, verse 2 begins to talk about how the earth was without form. It, it was desolate. It is it, lying in waste. There's confusion. But during this time between verse 1 and verse 2, we have to understand that the book of Revelations talk about a war that has gone on in heaven between Michael and the angels and how Satan has been kicked out of heaven. So he lands up in, in, in the earth and the Bible says in the book of Revelations that woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. So in between verse 1 and verse number 2, it talks about expense of darkness that takes place. When Satan enters into our life, what happens is darkness. When he entered into the earth, then came darkness. And therefore, it made the earth to be a place of wilderness. It makes the earth to be a place of ruins. But watch what verse number two also says. It says that, uh, uh, and the earth was without form and void. Then it says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, the word deep there means water supply, and water supply means our blessing. So what happens is now the darkness uh, is now upon the water supply, and, and the water supply is what gives life. So there is Satan. He's sitting there, and he's brought darkness upon the earth. But it calls God to move. Whenever there's darkness, and if we cry out to God, God will move upon that dark place that's within our lives. Amen. So it says in the word of God, the latter part of verse number two is, and darkness was born upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The, the spirit of God moved upon that water supply and those blessings. And so watch what, what God does when he deals with darkness. See, God has to begin to do some things when darkness is even in our life because remember now, there's something about man that God truly loves. Amen? Even in our conditions, our conditions that we're in and the things that we do and the situations where we're uh, we're not uh, appreciative of God. God still loves us. Some of us didn't even tell God thank you this morning, but he still woke us up this morning. He still gave us the breath of us to get up and move and go about our daily activities. That's how much God loves man. Amen. So he deals with this creation. 
Even before man is placed upon the earth, God made, oh, that's wonderful. God made provisions for man before man even arrived upon the scene. Amen. What, look at that kind of love. Amen. Watch what God does here. He says in verse number three, verse three says, and God said, in other words, God challenged. He says, let there be light and there was light. So what God does, he, he challenged the darkness and he brought forth instructions and he brought forth enlightenment from the darkness. He said, let there be light. Now let's drop on down to verse number, number six because we're really looking about man. Now verse number six in Genesis chapter one says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. So now God is challenging once again and he begins to call for the, the firmaments to produce the water. He said, that, let the water that be water in the midst and let it divide the waters from the waters. You drop down to verse number nine and God says once again, he's challenging the darkness. He says, and God said, let the waters Honor the heaven, be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land, and it was so. Let the dry land appear. So once again, God challenged uh, the things that was on earth, and here comes, here comes dry land. He is challenging some things. He's challenging things in order to bring those things into existence that God has made provisions for man. Now, looking at verse number 11. It says, and God said, so God is challenging once again. He says, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. So now, God, once again, he is challenging the darkness, and he's calling for the earth to come forth and bring the seeds that it, need, that it needed in order to provide for mankind. But there's something also interesting. Now, verse number 14, Genesis chapter 1, it says, And God said, once again, he is challenging what he sees. He says, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens, to divide the day from the night and for the and for be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Once again, now he's challenging something. So now he's bringing the light into the earth. And verse number 20 says, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life and fowls that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God said that it was good. God said that it was good. Amen. God said that it was good. See, he is challenging everything to come. He is challenging things. Amen. He is challenging things. He's, he's saying, let there be. He's challenging situations to come into play. Now, when we go to verse number 24 in Genesis chapter number 1, and it says, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. So he challenges everything. But watch what happens when it comes down to man. 
He, he's challenged the earth. He's challenged the waters. He's challenged creation to come into existence. He, he spoke it. He's challenged everything. But when it comes to mankind, look at verse number 26 in Genesis chapter number 1. Verse 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that created, that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, take control. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living creature, amen, that moveth upon the earth. So here he is now. He's challenging everything, but when he comes down to man, he takes the time to put his hands on man. He touches man. <laughs> Everything else, he speaks. But when it comes down to man, he wants to make sure he put his hands on man. He, man is a container. We are containers for the spirit of God. Amen. So he takes time with man. He takes time. He takes time with man. Amen. He takes time with man. Now, let's go back to Psalms chapter number 8. Let's go back to Psalms chapter number 8. Psalms chapter number 8. Let's go back to Psalms chapter number 8. Because we're talking about how David begins, he sees the creation. But when he also comes down to the fact that it, it, it amazes him that God would take the time to put his hand on man. Man who is rebellious, man that is, that is miserable, man that, that forgets the duty that he has, that God has called him to be, to, to worship. He, but he takes the time to, to, to form man, to shape man, to make him, make him in his image and in his likeness. So it shows how much he loves man because he wants man to be a reflection of him on the earth. He prepares everything that man needs or mankind needs before he places man into the garden, of which is the, his delight, the garden of Eden, which is his delight. He takes time. See, that's how much God loves us. God will give us provisions even though we think we do not have provisions because that's his duty. We are his children, and he is our father. Amen? Psalms chapter number 8, he says this in verse number 4. He says now, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thy would visit him? What is man? Who is man that God would take the time out? And who is sovereign? Who is holy? He would take the time out to deal with a wretch like us. I mean, but we're talking about God. Amen. God. Now, let's go to the book, back to the book of Genesis, chapter number two. Keep your place in Psalms. Keep your place in Psalms chapter 8. But we want to go to Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number 2. Because God is awesome. God is awesome. 
Because see, David says, now what is man? What is it about man? We, know, you know, we all know when we mess up, but yet God still, he still has that forgiveness. He still loves us. The value that we bring to the table as man. <laughs> we, we, we bring something to the table. It's not so much of how materialistic things we have or what kind of money we have or what kind of house we have or what kind of car we drive. It's the fact that God loves us so much and we're the image of who he is. We're the likeness. We're a reflection of him in the earth. So God said, listen, I've got to take care of my reflection. They, man resembles me. So therefore, I want to make sure I take care of man. Mankind. Amen. Now, Genesis chapter number two, verse number seven says this. Watch this. Watch God. He, he puts his hands on man. He says, and the Lord God, he formed man of the dust of the ground. He touches man. He, 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 he forms man. He makes man a container. He makes him a container. Watch what happens now. Once he makes man that container, he says, and the breath, verse number seven, Genesis chapter number two, he says, and the Lord God formed man. He touches man. He shapes man of the dust of the ground. And then he breathes into his nostrils the breath of life and man become a living soul. So God takes this container of flesh he takes this container of flesh and he he blows into it he blows himself into it see we don't understand who we're carrying on the inside we're carrying the almighty God on the inside of the breath of God the very oh God I hear your Holy Spirit the very essence of God is on the inside of us he's a and he breathes himself. Now we're no longer just a container, but we're walking little gods. Because the Bible says that we are gods, and we will get to that scripture. We are gods, G-O-D-S. But then it says that we are gods, and what happens? We're going to die just like men. Huh, is that not awesome? I mean, God, he breathes. He breathes into us. He breathes himself. Can you imagine carrying around the living God on the inside of us? Ah, oh, that's something to behold if our mind can capture that, that we are carrying around the very essence of God on the inside. He said, I, I just can't have nothing inside a man except me. He said, I can only have me, God. God, said, I want, God says, I want God, me, inside a man. Because he's my reflection. He's my image here upon earth. He, he is my representative here on earth. He said, so I'm going to breathe into him myself. Wow. That's something in this container. Amen. That is something in this container called man. The very breath, the living God. And the word of God says, and man became a living soul. Man became uh, a living soul with uh, emotions, a mind, and a will. But that mo emotion, mind, and a will has to come in a subjection to God. Wow. And watch verse 8. Verse 8 says this. Verse 8. Verse 8 says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good of evil. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he formed. 
That word Eden there means de his delight. When God got through forming and shaping man, he put us in his delight. That's why he's so delighted with us. He, he gave us dominion over everything, everything. He told us, take authority, amen, take authority. Now, let's go, let's go to the book of Job. Job chapter number seven. Job is right before the book of Psalms. Job chapter number seven. Job, Job chapter number seven. Man, man. Once again, God talks about man. Job chapter number seven, are we there? Verse 17 says this. What is man that thou shouldest magnify him? He puts a, he puts a, a, a light, he puts a, a glass on us, and, and uh, he calls us to be a, a mirror, to be a reflection of him. And, and, and here it is, Job is saying, what is man? that thou should magnify him, and that thou should have set thine heart upon him, and that thou should have visited him every morning and try him every moment. What, what is it about man that God, God wants to advance man? What is it about mankind that, that he wants to promote man? What is it about man that he gives has no intermission He's always there in the life of man. See, man will take a, 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 a intermission with man and take a break. <laughs> but God don't take breaks when it comes down to man. That's, that's how much he loves man. That's why he, they couldn't, David could not understand. The psalmist could not understand what is it about man that God would even mad, would blow him up. <laughs> Even in our worst condition, God will blow us up and he will magnify us and he will allow the God in us to shine like the sun in a noonday. Magnifying man. Do we not understand how important we are? How important mankind is to God? He said, I don't understand this. That God don't, he don't take intermission. He's always there. He's there when you sleep. He's there where, where, no matter where you go. God is right there. He's always uh, working things out for us. Even in our worst condition, even when we're in places that we ought not to be, he finds that way of escape for us because that's how much he loves us. Talk about man now. God knows man. Can you imagine if we knew one another like God knew us? Ooh, how many of us would write one another off? But God, God has never written us off. Even when we're at a places where we ought not to be in us, looking at things we ought not to see, yet God is right there. But yet God still loves man. That's amazing. It's amazing that man, God loves man that much that everything he created, God put man over it. And then he gives man a free will. And he can do as he wishes, but yet when he does what he so desires, that's out of the will of God, yet God takes the time to wake him up every morning. God takes the time to make provisions for him. That's awesome. Man, 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 God. He doesn't take intermission. Oh, my God. Now, it says, and thou should visit him every morning and try him every moment 
God shows up in our life every morning. The breaking, the, uh, every breakthrough. He tries us in every moment. Why? Because he loves us enough that he does not want anybody to perish. And he wants all of us to come into repentance. He, he tries us. He brings tribulations. He brings trials into our life. It's all because he loves us. If we're going through a difficult time, it's because God's trying to get us back to who, where he is. See, God wants us to be in his bosom. You see, man is a blueprint. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Man is a blueprint of who God is. Even before God released man uh, into this world, man was already in the mind of God. It's just powerful. Powerful. Only God can do what he's doing with man. Amen. Now, let's, let, let's, let's go to the book of Hebrew. Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews Chapter number two. Yes. Hebrews chapter number two. Hebrews. Thank you, Lord. Man. Man. Hebrews chapter number two. Beginning reading at verse number five. Hebrews chapter number two. Verse number five. Think about now man. Think about man. Think about mankind. Because God does not see gender, male or female, when it comes to man. But, Genesis, but Hebrews chapter number 2, verse number 5 says, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Of a son of man that thou visit him. Now we've moved over into the New Testament. And now where there was David speaking about it. Now here we are now. The, the writer of the book of Hebrew. He's also reflecting about who man is. That God would do what he's doing with man. That God is mindful. We are always on the mind of God. That's phenomenal. We are always on the mind of God. He says that God is mindful of him. And then he said, and that thou would visit him. God shows up in our life 24-7. And then God is not restricted to time. Only man is restricted to time. God is a God that lives in eternity. We have eternity that lives on the inside of us. But God, he says, who is he? Who is man? Who is man? That he's mindful of man. The son of man that, had, that, that he would visit him. Watch verse number seven. Seven. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 7. 7 says, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crowned him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of thy hands. Now, before we go to, to, to Psalms chapter 8, I want to deal with something. He says, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Now, that word angels there means Elohim. Elohim is another name for God. He made him a little bit lower than himself. That's, that's awesome. Man's position with God, you know, Satan got kicked out. You know, even though Satan was an angelic angel in the very beginning, what happened, Satan wanted to take man's place, and he still does. But God made man a little lower than himself. That word angel, that means Elohim. Elohim is another name for God. So man has number two in position. That's why God put man in the earth. 
<laughs> That's why he put man in the earth because he wanted his reflection in earth so he, we can carry out the will of God on the earth. Amen. He says now, he says, then he says, he, he crowns him with glory and honor. God, he made us kings and priests. He, he made man, even though he knew man was going to fall, even though he knew Adam was going to give us up, he still made us kings and priests. Ah, that's awesome. It's awesome. It doesn't matter where, where, where we are in, in, our, in our own mindset when it comes down to man. Because, you know, sometimes we think of ourselves very low. Amen. We, we, we think of ourselves the lowest of lowest. But God says, no, I see you as a king.